episode 124 of the book wars pod i am kate and i'm here with chris and miranda and we are talking we're starting to talk about uh resistance reborn by rebecca roanhorse through chapter nine keeks is also here we are trying a new fucking recording bitch and we don't know how this this thing works so she's gonna be doing producing so she still gets to be a fucking monster on the soundboard and and drink whatever the hell thing. What? Whatever the hell thing she just drank that made her made a god almighty face that like I was like fucking like spat tea out laughing at her. Yeah, um, that was fantastic. Also because like me and Kate, like Kristen, just like made like a really like gagging face, and me and Kate both just like laughed at her. Miranda was just so into the theme song that she was just still dancing. No she, idea. Yeah, I totally missed this. You're jamming, man. That's that's cool. <laughs> you can do that. Um. Yeah, so what are we all drinking today? Wait, Kristen gets to talk for like five seconds to tell us what disgusting-ass piece of shit she's drinking. <laughs> Hi, um, we're trying. We got the Corona hard seltzers in the house. Oh, blackberry um, lime. And it's supposed to be blackberry lime, which I think we were all uh, cautiously optimistic about. And they are way worse than the Bud Light seltzers, which were pretty good. So, um. Yeah, no, it just kind of... No. (laughs) It's really hard to screw that up. Like, those are, like, those are two great tastes that go great together. It's it's Corona. How are they fucking something up with lime in it? God, Corona can't even do one thing right this year. We're doomed. Oh, my God, everyone. I just... (sighs) Well, that's... That makes me sad inside. That's just fucking great. Miranda, what what have we here? (laughs) Uh, I'm drinking whiskey. It's the Freeland Spirits bourbon um, I had on the Black Spire episode. Um, it's Ooh. still good. I still like it. It's delightful. Chris, yes! <laughs> also, Chris, what what are you drinking? And also, can you stop rocking? Because number one, I have you rocking literally right next to me in the fucking <laughs> office. And number two, I have you fucking rocking in my fucking computer screen. So it's just like, just a lot of motion happening both in my direct vision and in my periphery. And I'm going to kill you. I mean, we can get you blinders. I, I'm oh not God. a horse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I was actually, I was going to drink, I woke up this morning thinking I was going to drink whiskey for the pot and then I took the dog out and it's like 98 degrees right now. <laughs> um, so I'm not doing that. See, that's um, I trick. am drinking a passion fruit truly and it's, it's good. It sounds like significantly better than Kristen's <laughs> blackberry lime Corona seltzer. I just. How do you? I just don't understand how you fuck that up. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't understand how you fuck a seltzer up. To be, I also don't know how they work. Like how what goes into making one. Yeah, but no. it feels like it should be pretty easy. It's alcoholic yeah. water. There's there's like some in. some bad seltzers out there though. That's true. <laughs> but like, damn, you like you were like. I feel like you're a large enough company that you should be able to afford like product testing, etc. And also. 
it's already awkward because we have a plague named after you like obviously directly named after you because that, <laughs> anyway you would think you would like refine this just a little bit more <laughs> especially <laughs> 2020 continues to give um my anyway. brain is forever in the world of barrel-aged spirits where i'm like if it's clear it's fucking easy to make and probably shitty so like i don't understand why it's why it would be hard to make a seltzer because clearly it's just a beer that you didn't put in the barrel that's how that works right it's not my fault. <laughs> God. I mean, I'm going to look this up later. How, how does one make seltzer? Um, I'm just having tea right now because after this, I need to go do some writing because they gave me money this for the summer to write a thing. And they gave me the money before I had started working on the thing. So they're like, here, have some money. But also, if you don't, finish your thing on time we're gonna ask you for the money back <laughs> and that is due roundabouts friday and i'm not quite done with it yet and i would like to keep the money they gave me um and writing while drunk is not actually as fun as hemingway would have you think funnily enough um my dog is calling okay um so yeah no i've got i've got what the hell tea is this gross uh, <laughs> the Tiger Hill thing, I think. It's okay. very specific. <laughs> it's just it's stash teas. They're at they're out of Portland, funnily enough. Um, we just eat a lot of their tea because I need caffeine and also tea. Cool. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was a very like pregnant pause there. I don't know why. I just it, it happened. <laughs> Don't say pregnant in front of me. Don't Sometimes that does happen. <laughs> um, okay. So Star Wars? If we must. <laughs> if we must. <laughs> um, we're doomed. Truly. Um So we're very excited to be starting this book, especially after reading Black Spire. That was a thing that happened to Miranda and myself, and also Robin Mal. Blob bless them. Please, please, please listen to episode 123 because we suffered for you <laughs> to read that book. We made people we read that book for you. <laughs> if you would join us. They didn't have to do it. They didn't. They didn't. And I'm not sure they felt good about it afterward. No, but here we are. No. <laughs> I don't think anyone felt good after reading that one. We're going to keep but, it 100. Uh, yes. Well, but... Excited to read this. Uh, Rebecca Roanhorse, uh, known for such books such as Trail of Lightning, which I also heartily recommend. Um, I used to read a lot when I was a child, and then I discovered the computer, and now I have no attention span. But I read that book in literally two sittings because I could not put it down. It's so damn good. So go get that shit. Chris is nodding like he's read this book. You have not read this book yet. No, I mean, I've heard good things. It's next on my to-read list yeah, once okay. I finish. Oh, is that a good thing we're reading it? Oh, no. just That's just like... In a, life. Like, the, life. not the Star Wars one. Uh, okay. Yeah, no, I didn't read go, the go, reading go, go. for today. Like, what are we talking about? Oh, fuck Shit, I hope, I hope you're reading this book. <laughs> it's going to be a real podcast. A real interesting podcast if you don't. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, it's going to be like me showing up to class when I haven't done the reading, which is like every class. Um. It's really just going to be me talking about what I wish Rise of Skywalker had been, and we'll see how close I get to the book. <laughs> 
Who says no? <laughs> Ooh, I mean, probably pretty cool. Rebecca Roanhorse, and whereas we'll talk about that. <laughs> Rebecca Roanhorse has, has 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 similar feelings to us on Scott. Any fucking ways. Um, so we have a book. This book takes place what just after just after like, TLJ. Yeah, like yeah. literally, like a day like, or so after but, TLJ. Okay, thirty seconds after Crate. <laughs> That's horrible. Um, Just like in the credits, right as they get to the in memory of Carrie Fisher, that's when this is taking place. <laughs> Why would you Fucking say god. that to me? <laughs> oh my god! I this is the last book I'm doing before I have to go back to school, and like you don't have to listen to my beautiful voice anymore for like four fucking months, and this is what you say to me. I'm. Just so we're clear, I'm still going to be hearing your voice pretty often. It's like you guys are married. <laughs> just, so the so the folks are aware. I just want y'all to know that every time, like, just when I tell Chris to just eat my entire ass, this is like this is day this is day to day life. This is just what happens. This is, I hate you, Chris. Chris now this is pod racing. <laughs> Chris, tell the people where we are because I'm so distraught now that you fucking said that. Oh my god, um, we are. <laughs> Uh, several places. The main, well, I don't even know what the a plot of this book is. If it's Leia or if it's Poe, um, it's Bofa. It's both. Yeah, it's, it is kinda, Leia and her stupid son. Yeah, there's kind of there's <laughs> kind of two a plots. So plot A one is some on the Falcon somewhere in between Crate and Ryloth. So somewhere in the outer rim. Uh, and then Poe is starts on Grail City, which is. Probably also in the outer rim. If you don't know where it is, just bets it's in the outer rim. Um, and he is then goes uh, trying to get allies for the resistance. Oh, and then we're also on Akiva with Snap. Lovely. <laughs> this is this is going to turn into like soundboard madness because Kristen no longer has to actually like pay attention to contribute. She only needs to find drop spots. <laughs> it's fine. She's just making this face like, yeah, that's exactly what's going on. <laughs> she looks so pleased with herself. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, speaking of Grail City, would you also explain the comics plot tie-in things? So this, because I, I know we wanted to talk a little bit about how this is a book that is, um, speaking of an interconnected universe, extremely interconnected because Rebecca Roanhorse did her entire fucking homework like two times. One in a took- row. I know. And then, like, took her comps on fucking Star Wars. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, like, this is, this book is really a fantastic example of what the universe could be. Although, I do want to ask Kate, you, and Miranda what you, th- like, how much you were able to get and how much you felt like you were missing out. Um, But, essentially, this book borrows heavily from the Poe Dameron comics from Bloodline. Um, as we've already had uh, some mentions of uh, Leia reminiscing about uh, Senator Casterfo, as well as meeting our wonderful Prince Yendor. Uh, and, uh, um, oh, and also from the Aftermath trilogy, when we meet uh, Nora and Wedge, and they are living the home life on Akiva. Um, they're, they're cottage core. They are, they're... They're very cottage core. Um, God. But so the Poe Dameron comics, basically the whole. Oh, and Kristen just our our producer just reminded me to shout out our episodes on Bloodline, 
uh, which we read for episodes four through eight of the podcast. Uh, Kristen, would you be able to find... Oh, and she anticipated my needs. We also read Aftermath <laughs> episodes 42 through 46 of the pod. Uh, so if you just are really not in enough pain during this quarantine, you can listen to those Jesus. as well. Um, but anyway, so the Poe Dameron comics, just to give folks background, because I know we have not read them on the pod. We don't recommend giving Marvel money. Um because their editor-in-chief and senior editor in charge of Star Wars comics are very, very racist. Um, but basically what happens is the final arc of the Poe Dameron comic takes place essentially between TLJ and this book. And it tells us where Black Squadron has been uh, during TLJ, because obviously they are not in that film. And basically they're out looking for allies pretty unsuccessfully um and then save uh a planet called ikruk and a city called grail city from the first order with a last minute assist from poe uh who who finds a way to get to them post tlj yeah he does none of the work and comes in to save the day at the end it's very very poe move (laughs) very very poe move um and so I guess I guess my question is for those of you who hadn't read the Poe Dameron comics specifically and uh, unfortunately we by nature of this podcast we don't have anybody who hasn't read Bloodline or Aftermath on here right now but how did you feel about how that was worked in I didn't realize that was even a tie into a comic so I was just like oh you went to this planet and they all seem to be assholes on the planet but they know how to throw a party and Look, he saved the day. Snaps here. He's married. <laughs> he is. <laughs> um, yeah, I see. It's it. It kind of is too bad that all like all all of us have read almost all the things because I wonder how I would have felt about it, like having um, Grail City references thrown in there, and also the Castrofo references thrown in there, um, and if I had come into this not really knowing about the bloodline stuff or being familiar with Nora, like how, like how I would have, cause like, I don't know. It feels cause I wonder how much of that, like for me, it felt like recap, but I wonder how much of that would have felt like just a whole lot of like weird summarizing happening in the beginning. Um, which Rebecca Roanhorse is a writer who, she writes everything. Everything is super quick paced. Everything is super plot driven. Um, especially if you read Trial of Lightning, it just kind of just like it just keeps rolling. Um, whereas like this kind of this book where it starts off, it it's it gets it takes a little while to get them. I feel like to get the wheels going out of the mud. Um, just because she's doing a whole lot of recap, and so I don't. Yeah, I don't. Re- I don't know. I like. I was fine with it because I was just like, oh yeah, these are these are fun. Nah, 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 nah. And um, I have spoilers for later in the book because Chris spoiled me the first time I read this. So I can't <laughs> say anything else. But um, you know, sh- like, I, I I'm sure things are purposeful. But um, I <laughs> I like. Yeah, I don't know how much I would have been mad at that if I had come into this with like literally nothing. Mm-hmm. And 
So, like, as somebody who just adores Bloodline, like, it was exciting for me to, like, see that. Be like, hell yeah, she misses her little space Nazi friend. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's true. But, like, I I think mainly regarding the tie-ins to Aftermath, like, it is good that there is the like, kind of summary and the explanation of who they are, because they're just like, Wedge Antilles is living on this fucking planet you've never heard of in a cottage with his not-wife. Yes. And their son is a pilot, and there's tension, and, like, Snap is presented as, like, this kind of important character right at the beginning, and it's like, you're supposed to know who he is. There's not, like, a whole lot of an introduction at first to him. Um, So, again... I read the Aftermath books, so I can't tell you what it's like to come in cold. But I think that at least, you know, even if there would be that kind of, um, not confusion, but something like at at the top, you figure it out pretty quickly. Yeah, it's, if any of our readers did come into this cold and hadn't read any of the three kind of source documents, for lack of a better term, for this book... Um, definitely let us know how it, how it, this first part worked for you, because again, particularly with Leia, there was a lot of recap. I I agree with you, Kate. Um, but it's interesting, Miranda, that you say that like you didn't even realize that like the Poe Dameron stuff was a comic, because I feel like that's the ideal, right? Like I feel mm-hmm. like the ideal is just like oh, adventures happened, that's cool, and if you do care about them, you can be like oh there's more about this and comics exist and I can go read those. Exactly. And I think, I think the difference between that and like the, I mean, I know the difference between that and like the, the shit with the Wexleys is we know Poe. Like he is in the movies. If this is the first star Wars book that you've ever read, you know who Poe Dameron is. Um, whereas with like, you know, Leia name dropping Casterfell, you're like, who's, Who's this guy? And like, the, I don't you don't know who need you are to have or where you came from. <laughs> <laughs> you don't necessarily need to have the background information, um, but it, it's just a lot more time going. Like, who is this? Why is he snap? Why does he hate his mom? Yeah. And also, if if, if you're in that position, particularly if you're an original Shoji fan, you're like. Why the fuck is Wedge just a farmer? He's living his best cottage core life. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And that's, and that's start like a discussion that we've had in the past about why Wedge is where he is when we read the Aftermath trilogy. But it is it is interesting how that happens. And that was something, again, not not to... We actually, surprisingly enough, don't do a lot of shitting on the EU as a podcast. Because um, <laughs> we haven't read it. <laughs> I've read... Well, the parts of it that I've read, I felt very out of the loop for not having read everything Mm, and like i feel like that's part of where the eu was difficult and part of where it went a little bit wrong um is that when it got so and also like the canon hasn't gotten as big as the eu was yet so we'll see if they can maintain uh books and series standing independently but i i did not feel like i was coming in at an equal level to other people like i felt like i was i like i felt like i didn't do the homework to read the book i was reading which was a really frustrating feeling yeah yeah Yeah. 
just to kind of like plus one that and things Miranda has been saying, I think that because we have Poe and Leia as our both like our main narrators and also like anchor characters, that gives readers who are coming into this fresh the the like the buy-in of like okay well at least i know what's going on here mostly so i'll just get to know all these other motherfuckers i guess um but you know the 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 emotional buy-in with the with those characters i think is there that will make you like make you okay i don't know who these people are but i'll keep reading and then hopefully you get attached to everybody else as well yeah that's a great point I feel like there is this is the book where you can tie other things in because for exactly what you said, like these are people that if you like have seen Star Wars, you know who these people are and probably more than any other book in the new canon with the possible exception of Bloodline, although Bloodline is really just Leia, Mm -hmm. whereas this like all the, the separate threads have all these different characters. So that's that's a really great point, Kate. Maybe last shot, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. For yes. that. That's just that looking up point. at like, yes. any Star Wars book on my shelf. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I I didn't want to interrupt, but accept Snap for the getting to know and love the characters. <laughs> uh, and just a note from our producer, we read Last Shot, uh, which is a Han and Lando adventure by Dana Jose Older uh, on episodes 58 through 61. So check that out as well. God, we're going to reference old episodes so much more now that so... Kristen is in more of the producer role, at least for this book. You hate to see it. Oh, my God. Yes. Just tell, tell people, look at all these episodes we did that also involve a ship posting for about an hour straight. Um, ship but I was going to Tashi Station to pick up some power oh, converters. Yeah. Just like that. <laughs> That's it. That's the podcast. Yes, it's true. Um, so speaking of Leia as an anchor character, let's talk about Leia. <laughs> She's very tired. She's so tired. Please let mom. She okay. she literally does take a nap in this fucking in the first part of this <laughs> fucking book, but also like let her like take ten naps. I don't know something. She's like. A couple of days removed from being yeeted out into space. Mm-hmm. And she's not feeling great, like, physically. You know, I she... can't imagine that's pleasant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, the Force or not, like, it's just, it's not healthy. It's not doctor recommended, <laughs> to be sure. Four yeah. out of five doctors do not recommend. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, like, it's, it's like, it's the first time where I think we see Leia really... I mean, she, I think, like, during Bloodline, she's like, I feel like, I, I feel like old people, but, like, she feels like old people in this book. Um, she's, like, feeling her age, she's feeling the fact that, like, she is healing, but very slowly, and also she's having, like, I don't know, I feel like these are, like, pain problems that are gonna, like, follow her around for, like, ever, because old people bones ain't like young people bones. Um, Miranda's laughing at me. <laughs> Um, it was funny. Just yeah, I don't know. They're brittle and sad. Unlike Leia's will, I don't know. Um, Jesus. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think it's 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 delving into Leia in a way that I haven't seen her character be delved into since Claudia Gray 
wrote Bloodline or Claudia Gray wrote anything about Leia, period, because Claudia Gray is the queen of writing Leia. Mm-hmm. That's true, although I do think that Rebecca Roanhorse has given her a run for her money. Cause... <laughs> if anyone can write Leia well, I, I just want them to do it. Yeah. The more writers who can really get Leia, just like, give it to us, please. Yeah, it's very like me. Let's explore new eras and new characters instead of like going back to old standbys. Also me. Is Leia picking up a paperclip in this story? Yeah. Let's read it. <laughs> yeah, and Honestly, I, that's super true. Also, and I say again, kind of a refreshing experience from the previous book we read where we were like, what the f- what? It's like, I don't know who this is, but it's like three toddlers in a trench coat dressed as Leia. Um, and the thing with this I'm too, and when I was... When, when I was thinking through this thought, I couldn't decide if I wanted to, like, take it back and pick the other side of it. Um, and maybe there's a happy middle ground, but I think this is also the first time that we see Leia just, even for, like, 30 seconds. That's my halfway point. Like, even for 30 seconds, get to, like, sit with the fucking trauma that she's been dealing with her whole fucking life like you know we we think back to bloodline and it's like oh they just blew up the senate that's bad but i gotta go do this shit like fuck you, you know she's she's just constantly moving and even in this one i think like because she's physically not at her best like yeeted into space etc um you know she she can't be like as active at this second and of course, she's still like making all these plans. She's still getting everyone out there, and that's that's where I'm like, oh, maybe this isn't a good point. But you finally get to see her be like, "There's like three people in the rebellion right now, or the resistance." Like, this seems bad. We ask people to come help us on the fucking salt planet, and nobody came. Which, as we learn in this book, like, there's probably some reasons. Um, but, like, that's bad. Yeah, no, there's there's a lot of kinds of vulnerability here in her character that we haven't really gotten to see before. Um, I, I'm interested to see whether we get more of her thinking about Luke, because space twins. Luke. What? Luke. <laughs> Look at the size of that thing. Oh my god. Um, it's a big twink. It's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, just like, I don't know, that the, you know, she kind of had just gotten him back after him just like cutting himself from off, cutting himself off from the forest and like, I don't have siblings and I know nothing, but you know, the, the way, it, like, the, the way twins have always been like explained to me is this is like, you know, you you know, you one of the one of them dies and the other one is alive. And it's just like cool. My arm fell off. You know, it's like it's like, it's like horrible. So I don't know. It'll be. I, I would be interested to see if the the book goes into that any more than you know we've seen so far. And like I don't know the fact that she's. I think that scene where she's having fucking tea with Yendor and his mouthy children. Um, <laughs> and she, what? Um, no, I like the description. <laughs> um, 
I it's like when she she has that moment of yeah, Luke's dead, and Yendor's like come again she's like i said what i said and then she's just like i'm so tired yandor i just want do you have any place in this godforsaken cave where i can build a nest and go to bed like i just <laughs> I, I don't know i've never seen her or i don't think we've really seen her do that outside of like her like family or her found family or like whatever so yeah and another aspect which like obviously is unavoidable to think about is obviously that within a year of this leia is dead and thanks jj you fucking asshole regardless of our thoughts about that decision or how it was executed you wonder you you wonder how much of the plot of rise of skywalker uh, rebecca roanhorse knew i feel like it was very little um if anything, Logistically except that speaking. they weren't going to let her make Finn and Poe gay. Boo. Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. Um, yeah, I think logistically speaking, she can't have known a ton about it because they fucking took Trevorrow's script, punted it straight to Pluto, and then... <laughs> that's true. Again. Honestly, that's a great point that like the script was probably in progress as this book was in progress. That's an excellent point. Which... um. Yikers. Yeah. Great, great process by everyone involved. Um, But it is interesting because you also, and this is not, you know, this is um, Rise of Skywalker novelization by Ray Carson, a little extra info. But in that book, the way Ray Carson kind of handles Leia's death is that basically from the start of the movie slash the book, Luke is in Leia's ear kind of gently being like, Leia, it's time to go. Like, you you are tired. It is time to join us, like, in the Force. And You're tired, let's die now. Huh? You're tired, let's die now. Yeah, exactly. And Yes, I'll die. <laughs> so, and, like, you know, obviously that changes the fridging herself for Ben aspect of it. Oh but God. it also, like you wonder how much of it was that she just never recovered from the events of the last Jedi. Cause it's, it was rough. And Leia is someone who was never really given the opportunity to feel the effects of what's happened to her until now. What getting straight blessed into space and then hopping out of your fucking coma, like prematurely to like go hop on a spaceship and then yell at your son. Kristen says the rise of Skywalker is bad. That is correct. That is a hot share. take. Truly. <laughs> scalding she said what she said (laughs) um great well now i'm sad so yeah let's talk about happier stuff like redemption like redemption (laughs) oh god i'm like like i'm actually it's redeemed huh like how kylo gets redeemed he's ben now I'm, I'm, Excuse you, it's Ben Solo. <laughs> I'm so happy that we never get that argument in our mentions because it's exhausting. <laughs> but yes, to continue talking about. I'm sorry. <laughs> the thought <coughs> of Ben Demption <coughs> gave me cancer and also made me choke on my tape. It's fine. Um, but uh, this book does deal sorry. with redemption. like, And we see very early on. That Rebecca Rowan or that Leia says 
when she, when she's talking to Ray because Ray, you know, fairly, I think, is being like, "Hey, you know, this person who I've been trying to turn for the past like three days, and then they <laughs> like completely didn't, and like almost wiped out me and my friends, and now everyone's upset. Like that was weird. And he's your son, and <laughs> but and then we get Leia being like, "Look, it's not your responsibility." to turn Ben back to the light. Like you're the only person who can do that is Ben. And I'm not sure that's what he wants right now. Cause he's a dick, which is really, you know, I think, and again, I think this is not something that everybody agrees with, but that's kind of how I interpreted last Jedi as well. That like Ray tried and she failed because at the end of the day, she can't do it if Ben doesn't want to. Uh, and like it showed her goodness and also his making the decision to be evil, which Again, lasted for a movie. Redemption um, requires enthusiastic consent. <laughs> it does indeed. Um, but it is interesting because there's this concept of, you know, redemption that kind of goes against Star Wars, right? Like, the the Star Wars version of redemption is if you do one good thing, your past gets wiped away. And that's how Luke feels about Vader. Uh, it's not how Leia feels about Vader, because Leia's not dumb. But... <laughs> Um, but it, but it's how Luke feels about Vader. It's how fans feel about Kylo Ren. I don't know that anybody in universe feels like that about Kylo Ren, but it's how fans feel that feel like that. Um, it's how Ray felt probably at the beginning of last Jedi, I think is at the beginning, I think it's fair to say. Um, but, and then on the other side of that coin, you have Poe who we are really seeing in detail, the fallout of his actions and, he has to personally tell Black Squadron what he did and the fact that he is so uh the fact that he is responsible for a lot of death that he you know did a mutiny the, did a mutiny <laughs> I have performed mutiny <laughs> um as Kristen says the fact that he is a whole dumbass um but he really has to deal with that. And Black Squadron is like, I mean, and they're obviously his closest friends, right? Like, they're his people. They're his squadron. Handpicked. Snap and him have been friends. We get the feeling for many years. Since they were children. Since they were children. Like, yeah. Um, Miranda, I'm giving you space to make your point. <laughs> Except then. <sighs> so that, was, that was the whole point. I just wanted to... Do that movement. But, yeah, Poe's a, a whole dumbass. And he's like, um, so I did a thing. We have to keep doing things even though I just killed everybody and got them super dead. Um, do you want to go relive your past traumas? <laughs> Every single fucking one of you? <laughs> yeah. And, and we see Maz, you know, who we get some actual characterization from in this too. Like, Poe tries to recruit her, and she's like, I don't think I trust you I heard right you now. got everyone dead. <laughs> like, I would like for you to not get me dead. I've lived this long from people not getting me dead. <laughs> I heard you got everyone dead, and furthermore, you broke my castle. I spent you know? a long time on that Lego kit. <laughs> it was thousands of pieces, and you knocked it all down. <laughs> Like, do you know how long 
I've had this castle a, th- a thousand years, a thousand years. And like the thing where he like answers mm-hmm. while she's trying to, it's hard to deal with just me, but yeah, <laughs> she was like, sir. Yeah. And so Don't you have talk. in Poe kind of the real time version of somebody understanding that they did wrong, wanting to be redeemed, which is, you know, very much the star Wars model. And people are like, I need to sit with this a little bit because you fucked up and people died. And it's great that you feel bad about that, but it doesn't bring, you know, Paige Tico back to life. Like it doesn't bring our entire bombing fleet back to life and thus the rest of our fleet getting destroyed as well because we didn't have a bombing fleet. So it's, we see people actually having to work for redemption for the first time in Star Wars in, you know, Leia saying that Ben would need to work for it and Poe seeing him need to work for it. And it's refreshing. It is. Just, you know, I just, I understand that Star Wars is a bunch of stories for children to teach them about how good and bad works. But that doesn't mean that we can't teach children that you're your actions need to go along with your words and also for a certain period of time. You can't just say sorry, like, I'm sorry. I know, exactly. You you gotta back it up with some, like, if you say sorry and don't really mean it and don't try to be better, are you not sorry? Oh. You will be sorry. Okay, oh <laughs> so, um, I I will say this about Maz: like she obviously super does not trust Poe, and rightfully so. He is a dumbass, and was like, "This is that. a good idea. Let's get all these fucking people dead because I think I'm, you know, this hotshot pilot." Um. I've, and this is just like me speaking from like experience in my life. Not I. I've never gotten a bunch of people dead like that. But like I was gonna say, Miranda, do you have something to confess for? <laughs> uh, like when you really need to step it up, right? And I, because Maz, like she plays a neutral party, and but she's definitely like the force and the light, like Loki. Like she'll deal with whatever. But I, I think part of it too is like she ends up, and we'll see how this works out. I haven't read past chapter nine yet but like i feel it's one of those situations where she is like pushing all the right buttons on him to like really piss him off and make him like angry go out and do the fucking thing like fuck you i'm gonna redeem myself you're not my real mom (laughs) oh absolutely i i i completely agree i think that there's a lot of testing him in a way like Mm -hmm. i am hearing the right stuff from you but, like, I want to see how you react under pressure because, as you both were just saying, it doesn't matter what you say if you don't back it up with your actions. And also, actions aren't always reliable if they're calculated, right? Like, you need mm-hmm. to see how people react when they're stressed out to see who they are. And I, I completely agree. I think that there's a good element of that in what Maz is doing. She's crafty like that. She's very mysterious. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. 
think the last thing we want to talk about are, and we've talked on this a little bit already, but um, we've got we've got returning cast of characters from previous books. Roka Roanhorse has liberally borrowed other people's original characters and folded them into here. Um, I think specifically we want to talk about Wage and Nora a little bit more because um, Nora still has some some issues being a functioning person. Yeah. Speaking of the consequences of my actions. Oh, <laughs> oh Nora. Ugh. Yeah, um I feel like this is a per this is a person that Wedge has tried to shovel into therapy like multiple times. She's like, "No, don't need that. Just going to fucking rearrange the root cellar again and stare out the window and just like have a panic attack." And build myself an escape tunnel under the house because that's what normal people do, <laughs> etc. And Wedge is just like, sure, honey, sounds fine, never mind, and goes about just like picking the eggs. Yeah, I know, being a soft man with his space chickens. And yeah, <sighs> I will. I did love the drama of her like literally staring out the window, like, when will my husband come back from the war? Except it's. My son has literally returned to the war. What the fuck? Fuck him. Why is there a goddamn X-Wing on my lawn? I also, like, the extreme mood is him coming to me like, Hey, Mom, great to see you. Brought the wife. She's just like, who died? (laughs) (laughs) Tell me now. And we're just like, I just want to make breakfast with my space chicken eggs. And poor wife is so soft. (laughs) I just... mm. I want to know what she and um, God, what's the wife's name? Kare. Kare. Very. I want to know what. Vibes. Yeah, I was like, is this like core from fucking Bloodline? Rip yeah. in peace, but um, alas. Like, I want to know what they talked about. They went out, like, hit up the town or some shit to like calm her the fuck down because her son rolled up and it was not fucking great my dude and he like in her defense she was not the only person looking for a fight in that discussion oh no like no he came raring to go yeah they they very clearly have not solved most of their trauma like evidenced by how quickly snap brought out of course she's still crazy remember the time she fucking jumped out of a spaceship over jakku nothing to see here folks they they clearly did not take our advice about space therapy. I think it's safe to say. This only happened 30 years ago. <laughs> Kristen says, unresolved trauma in my Star Wars? I know. I Couldn't know. be. Wild fucking times, truly. <laughs> yeah, but it is, it is interesting. We get that the dichotomy of kind of the two... Stere- the two... I don't want to say stereotypes. The two archetypes is the word I'm looking for of the post-war soldier of the the old veteran you get the person who did make it back essentially and you know they're not entirely whole wedge still has his aches and pains but he likes his chickens he (laughs) hates the humidity which is relatable as fuck but it like he's good with his life he's very comfortable with it and on the other hand you have nora who from joining the rebellion when Snap was a child, has never left the war. Like, as much as she has tried to get out, she has never escaped it. 
Yeah. And, like, I think what makes that worse, too, is, like, she was in the war when her husband joined. Like, it was it was before she fucking abandoned Snap <laughs> on Akiva. Um, you know, and it's it's just really interesting, too, to, like, see those kind of two archetypes, as you said, but also see them, like, in a partnership. Mm-hmm. Like, she's like, let me burn everything to the ground and stare out the window and, you know, do all that stuff that Kay mentioned earlier. And Wedge has, like, big, it is a simple life vibes. Like, when someone (laughs) rolls up to the farm, like, farming. (laughs) The dog is complaining because we're not paying attention to him, so that's, that's, that's what you're... Not our background. orca. Oh, you threw the ball. All right, Chris. <laughs> um, <Yes. laughs> but yeah, also, so you have those. But then, and then, to kind of almost. Well, no, I don't even think it's counteracting. Like you have Wedge, who is clearly the more well-adjusted, and is so more ready to go back to go back to the war because for him it is something to go back to it is not something he's been living for the past 30 years mm-hmm. and it, it, i feel like it's more of like i feel weird like talking about it in these terms but like it's it's a sense of duty to the galaxy and you know like he loves his little life with the chickens and the neighbors that hate him and they're like <laughs> let's think on it and he just like puts his like little flight boots right next to bed so he can put them on in the morning like Okay, I'm ready. Like, I, does he want to go back? No. Like, he fought his war, but he's like, okay, we yeah. gotta do this again. And, like, I th- I think at the end of this section, Nora hasn't made a decision. She's obviously gonna go back. Um, well, she thinks she hasn't made a decision anyway. <laughs> you can't make a decision to return to the war when you've been in it for 30 years. <laughs> yeah truly I have a but no literally it's like it's like the fucking meme of like the this is not going to be useful for an audio medium but the guy like pointing at himself being like can't go back to a war you never left <laughs> oh my god yes <laughs> oh my god I'm upset with you I <laughs> great can we talk about Yendor my boy. I always want to talk about Yendor. Yendor's my boy, and I'm so glad to see him. He has shown up. Claudia Gray invented, like, in, she, did, was she the one who invented him? Yes, he yeah. first appeared in Lost Stars. Yeah, right, okay. Just making sure. And then as he has subsequently shown up in, like, all of these fucking books, like, every, like various people have borrowed him and like for, for various things, and he's back, and I am so happy. I was just like, Yendor's alive. Yendor- and... Yendor fucks. Like that, exactly. More importantly <laughs> than being alive. He fucks. And he has some very angry children. Mouthy children. Which, honestly, we stand. And grandchildren? Oh, we love it. And grandchildren. Freaking me out. Like, he's just, like, fucking living in his, like, little library cave with his grandchildren running around. Like, living his best life, honestly. Is that not the dream? It, yeah, it is. It's completely the dream. <laughs> Uh, Kristen would like to point out that we did, in fact, talk about Lost Stars by Claudia Gray in episodes 33 through 35. Um, and I believe one of those episodes we had uh, Poppy Ashwright on from the Parapetai pod to talk to us about YA stuff. Um, we did indeed. This, this is correct. That was 
probably episode 35. I don't fucking remember. I was also on one of those episodes. Yeah, you were. Because Oh, was that the one where I was like dying my Anakin costume? Yes. Stirring your Jedi soup. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> You're just like part of the pod now and I forget that you were like... Weren't always here. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. At a point which seems weird yeah. now. But yeah, so we as... as you know, the podcast met Yendor in Bloodline, but Lost Stars did come out first. And, you know, we met him as one of the pilots of Corona Squadron alongside Thane. And so he is also someone who very like Wedge got his start when he was young as a hotshot pilot and survived. And he never left the war, but in a very different way, right? Like he never left the war in the sense that Ryloth has always been shit on by the galaxy, and so they never really demilitarized because they weren't in the New Republic. Wait, he had those kids, though, already when he was a pilot. Did he? I think he may have. IDK. You could be, could very well be right. I I'm just don't sorry. Remember. I just, you know... Just... We'll look it up. I have a PhD in Yendor. <laughs> <laughs> I love Yendor, okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> um... But so we have we have yeah, kind of the, three, point, the three archetypes of of the former pilots and the former like foot soldiers of the war. Like you have the one who got away, who actually made it out, you know, with his aches and pains, not unscathed, but made it out. You have the one who stayed in on his own terms in Yendor, and then you have Nora who stayed in because she couldn't leave. And it's it's just interesting to see them next to leia not just because it's a big getting the band back together moment which you know star wars is all about but also because you know we see the multiple ways that people handled the aftermath of the rebellion and or didn't didn't. uh and so and we and we can you know look at the new pilots that they're seeing you know we have ray meeting Yendor and Yendor being incredibly impressed with Rey. And Yendor is somebody who's met a lot of impressive people. You know, you assume from the way he talks that he at least met Luke, even if they weren't close. And Wedge obviously knew Luke very well, and we're going to see who he interacts with as we go. But you, it's it's really a a meeting of the generations and kind of seeing each other in them. Okay, Boomer. Huh? What? I, I literally didn't hear you, but I got the sense that that's okay. That's, you know... Yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Shit posting things. Um, cool, cool, cool. Um, I... Okay. W- 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 Wikipedia is saying that Yendor did not have... Did not poop out babies until after he... After the Civil War? I swear to God, I'm going to spend the next goddamn week digging through Lost Stars... Just to find this fucking reference, and Lost Stars is not a small book. I just, I really don't want to do my writing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I know this probably seems like nitpicky, but if we're talking about archetypes, like I don't, I don't know if Yendra can be classified as like he's returning to the war on his own terms, because again, like Ryloth is literally always in some kind of fucked up state like nothing good is ever happening like galactically there you know somebody is always trying to like fuck them up they just they've like never had peace these poor fucking twi'leks they're like can we just live in our caves 
and be happy and the galaxy's like fuck you um so like and i i think he does kind of retreat from the war a bit the wars all star wars ever um and you know he does become like the politician he does become a scholar according to wikipedia via Kristen. um <laughs> But, like, it, he can't just, like, walk away from conflict. Be, it's just not possible. If that's a point. No, I think that is a point. Yeah. Because, oh, Ryloth. It's almost like colonizers shouldn't touch things. Ever. What a concept. And that's, honestly, and we, we'll get into this because we're going to, you know, I think it's clear from where we left off in this part. Uh, this section of the reading that we're going to see more of them on Ryloth. And it is, I don't think an accident that you see the colonized world coming to the rescue as written by a black and native author. You love to see it. Like, and we'll, we'll talk about what that means and what it means for Ryloth to be able to play the hero in this role. Or on the other hand, for Ryloth to want to some as some parts of Ryloth want to choose to stay neutral and not get involved in a war for once in their goddamn lives. Like, that's... Which usually works out great for them. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, and and we'll, we're going to talk more about that, because it's it's an important theme, and it's, it's not an accident that we're seeing it. On that note, I think we can look forward to next week. Thank you for listening to episode 124 of the book wars pod uh continue to stay inside and wear masks because the world is stupid uh our next episode we're going to be continuing with resistance reborn chapters 10 through 21 in the meantime hit us up on twitter facebook instagram and tumblr at book wars pod email us bookwarspod at gmail.com and rate review and subscribe to both us and the tasha station radio mega feed uh, it is the best way for people to discover the show, uh, and particularly this month as we hopefully start to get some news about all the stuff that we would have found out at Star Wars Celebration. Nah, they're just going to hold it for like however many years. I'm completely time. serious when I say we're not going to know what the next Star Wars movie is about until Star Wars Celebration 2022 at this point. They're not going to tell well, us. Let, they'll let us know the day before the movie comes out. Yeah, like they'll, I'm confident Maybe. they will know who wrote it by the time it comes out. Um, it's just going to like say Star Wars and you go into this theater and see what happens. Oh my god. <laughs> Honestly, that would actually be kind of fun. Would be okay with that instead of all the I'd shit that leads up to stuff <laughs> yes, these days. Yes, actually, that'd be kind of fun. Um, and that would also be very par for the course of Lucasfilm marketing. Well, it's like drop, dropping an album, you know? Just, there it is. I would love that. Anyway. Still would have gotten more marketing than Solo. Ooh. Uh, again, we're asking people not to give to the Tasha Station Radio Patreon or Coffee right now. Uh, please continue, if you have spare funds, to donate to uh, black communities and other communities in need. Looking at websites uh, like Aid to Abolition, for example, we have some great resources on our pinned tweet on our Twitter account, at BookWarsPod. Uh, so if you do have any money to spare, now is a great time to be generous with it. Our theme song is Whiz Bang by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joe Butera Design. Kate has a raffle. I have a whole ass raffle. <laughs> I skipped a bullet point. Because it's Oh my god. I was on autopilot. It's always the same outro. Oh. Our my theme god. song is not Whiz Bang yet. <laughs> Ignore the fact that you heard that. Ugh. 
You have no idea who our theme song is by. <laughs> um, so to encourage you to donate to Black Communities, um, please um, pick a charity or GoFundMe or community pot of your choice. Um, throw some money at them. It can be as little as $1. Uh, $1 equals one entry ticket. And what I am giving away is a bunch of Ray-themed Squadron Girls stuff. So I've got mini print and some stickers and a pen we'll slap the picture on the instagram it'll be great so um yeah just please email whatever receipt they spit out at you or whatever your your proof of donation to bookhorsepod at gmail.com and i will get you entered and you can win fun stuff because black lives matter and also there's a zara celebration so i thought i'd make happy fun little package of cute star wars shit (laughs) now i'm done Fuck you, Chris. We approve. Uh, now, you are on the edge of your seats. Our theme song is written by... Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joby Terror Design. Our audio and production were done by the ghost of Kristen. Uh, for Kate and Miranda, I'm Chris. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Book Horse Pod. And we'll talk to you next week.